You're on Access to Story Radio with Trav Johnson. We're talking about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Follow us on accesstostory.com or follow me on travjohnson.com. I was having a conversation with a lady who has been going to our church for a long time. She's a lady in her mid 60s and she's recently made the decision to move churches and she said to me in our convo she said Trav it's not easy going to a new church after 40 years and this couple were a part of the furniture uh, this lady and her husband they were sporting coaches they were event caterers committee members policy writers generous donors and they were trusted confidants and there's a sense that nobody would have picked that they'd be moving on but they have and so have many of their peers as well at a glance it kind of looks like our church has lost a generation of people in their 60s many of them long-term contributors the thing is if you're measuring church health purely on numbers on a Sunday you may not notice the departure of these people. Looking around the room, filled with comfortable, suede-covered, interlocking chairs, there's no noticeable empty seats, no more than what you'd normally see. But many of the faces are different, and, and you hear the stories from the new faces, and many of those people have come from other churches from neighboring suburbs, but a proverbial stone's throw away. After years of involvement where they've been, they're now with us, large groups of them. It's almost like there's been a migration that's happened of sorts. 2020 provided the permission for a reshuffling. Christians from around our city have fast-tracked what would normally have taken them years to do, perhaps even uh, something that was unthinkable for some. They've now moved churches. There are a variety of reasons why the shift has been made. Most of them saw COVID as the opportunity they needed for a fresh start. A fresh start from the routine they were stuck in. A fresh start from the politics they'd become accustomed to. A fresh start from maybe some of the hurt they'd been carrying. For some, a fresh start from the people who they really didn't like that much if they were honest. But is it really a fresh start? I remember feeling a spark of excitement for the church when the disruption of COVID hit us. And um, you know, I didn't like to talk about it too much, but it, it might have been the euphoria of the crisis. But I carried this guilty pleasure of hope, hope that we might awaken, ho- awaken from like a slumber of, I don't know, measuring our spirituality by the regularity of church attendance or awaken from the slumber of allowing the church to fester in political manoeuvring and guilt-laden motivation. That kind of sounds negative, but often that's our experience. Um, or, or awaken from the slumber of the belief that surrounding myself with people who are like, just like me is, is the best indicator of healthy community. People talk about you know, a, a homogenous group. And uh, sometimes I think we've had this assumption that that is actually a sign of health. Is this renewal what we've experienced, this reshuffling. Twelve months ago, I dared to believe that the disruption we experienced might affect the renewal of the church. But while crisis might precede renewal, crisis 
might not necessarily be the cause for renewal to happen. A renewal will not be found in the reshuffling. And I think there are some reasons why. And for me, it has to do with some simple things around worship and community and mission. Renewal requires the full exposure of our idols and a reimagining of worship. Renewal requires the full disclosure of our hurt and a desperate plea for healing. Renewal requires the full appraisal of our prejudice and a radical redemption of our perspective of the other. So I've been thinking about worship. And, and when you look at the amount of time and energy that writers of the, of the Bible put into um, I don't know, the concept of idolatry, it just seems to me that idolatry is the great distortion of creation where we put something else in place of that which should be worship with uh, in place of something that that is something that that is worthy of worship and we sit in the expense of our time and our resources and emotional energy these things reveal what we worship our default conversations will indicate what we are emotionally invested in what we are emotionally invested in is what we are worshiping and I wonder whether we've reduced worship to a 15-minute set on a Sunday morning. But our corporate singing, while it might be an expression of worship, it, it isn't worship. And it's often, it's often called that. Let's worship now. The worship of God is a whole-of-life response to the incredible and unfathomable person of God. A response that eclipses any other emotional or rational attachment we construct or we are seduced into. It is only in the casting down of our idols that we will begin to discover what true communion with God can be. True worship, renewal requires the full exposure of our idols and a reimagining of worship. I've been thinking about where community fits into this question or this conversation and when I think about community I think about the reality of hurt hurt happens (laughs) we hurt one another we don't like to admit it but hurt happens in the church our own culture in Australia is indelibly scarred from hurt that has happened in the church and somehow we remain or we default to a cycle of denial when it comes to harm Harm that happens in the environments which we thought were designed for protection from harm. The thing we often overlook is that hurt people often end up hurting people. And the only way to break the cycle of hurt is to experience healing, deep healing, real healing. Healing that resonates to the reality of the deepest part of who we are the starting place for healing is to allow the hurt to come to light finding a safe environment for the hurt to be disclosed and beginning a process of healing true community will only be experienced by ourselves and by those around us when we begin with our own desperate plea for healing And I've been thinking about mission in the context of some of this thinking about renewal. And uh, what that causes me, uh, I guess, to identify and recognize is the, um, 
I guess, the subject of labels and how labels work for us. And when we are able to categorize things and stick a label on it, we feel better equipped to manage uncertainty and change. The trouble is, when I label someone else, it inadvertently limits them in my mind and my approach to them is shaped by the expectations I have of them. This is how people are marginalised, especially if I have influence or power at my disposal and I expect someone else to live either up to or within the label that I've placed upon them. And so without a no-holds-barred ability to identify my own set of prejudices, I will never be able to see another through the eyes of God. Without seeing the other through God's eyes, I will always stumble at my involvement in God's mission in the world. Mission requires me to see and treat the other through the heart that God has for them. My labels must be identified and removed, scratched off, the sticky coming away. (laughs) Renewal requires the full appraisal of our prejudice and a radical redemption of our perspective of the other. Reshuffling isn't renewal. There's been a significant reshuffling in the church, but I feel it may fall short of renewal, of worship, of community, of mission. If we long for the crisis of COVID to have accomplished something more than a change in the decor, then we must allow for a movement of the Holy Spirit with our idols, with our hurt, with our prejudices. A reshuffling may position us for renewal, but the invitation of God is about more than where we choose to go on a Sunday morning. Much more. You're on Access to Story Radio with Trav Johnson. We're talking about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Follow us on accessthestory.com or follow me on travjohnson.com.